Now tuning in to Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Yellow. Yellow. <laughs> You're listening to Gay Watch, the podcast where we're gay and we watch things. I'm Jenny. And I'm Charlotte. How are you doing today? I'm alive. That's all I yeah, can say. Still alive, but you're barely breathing. Yeah. Rough times. Yeah. I'm a year older, though. Whoa. <laughs> Not since the last episode. You know, but <laughs> you've like, aged a year in the past yeah, two weeks. Mm-hmm. It feels like it. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I'm 22 now. Yay. I don't know about you. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'll end my life to that song. I hate that song. It's awful, yeah. It's, like, kind of good. Yeah, we don't like, talk about it, yeah, but, but it is kind of good. Yeah. It does Problematic kinda... fave song. It's like a soft slap. I hate it's her, It's like a, a poke. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? I'm good. Feeling, like, very, like, strongly gay this week. Yes, Just, me too. Yeah, we're both having, like, gay times. Good it's gay good. times. Yeah, it's good times. Good gay times. Good girls. Yes. We just got, we just got Just so like Good Girls going. stream on Netflix. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel that. That's the one good thing for me is like my gay love right now. Aw. Cute. <laughs> Gross. Anywho. Anyway. Oh, what God. What media have you been into? <laughs> I said, oh, God, because I'm like emo thinking about it. Okay, so since she won the Grammy for best album or album of the year whatever the mm-hmm. fuck you call it i have literally not gone a day without listening to like at least five songs on golden hour that's impressive i can't not do it and rainbow makes me cry like that's the song that's yeah. making me cry right now good to know so i've been crying a lot so when i need to i just play it Perfect. And they just, the tears come immediately. I think it's, I don't know. I didn't listen to it a lot when it first came out, but now I'm just obsessively (laughs) listening to it and it's feeding my soul. It's going to be one of those things where like, when I think back on this time, I'm going to like hear these songs, Yes, I feel that. That's me with Mitski right now. Yeah. Like I have certain, you know, you have certain albums that like are- You have like eras of music in your own life. Like Pure Heroin was like junior year of high school. (laughs) Uh, SZA's Control last summer. Dirty Computer. Dirty Computer last, year. last spring, right? Like now I'm just, this is my album right now. What about you? What media have you been into? So, same energy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been into Suspiria. <laughs> The 2018 version, which I'm pretty sure I've talked about on the podcast I think before, so too, because I think I talked about it like the day I went to see it. Yeah, but I watched it twice last week, so <laughs> <laughs> we're really in like some repetition right now. <laughs> yeah, I watched it by myself to take notes for my capstone paper, mm-hmm. and then I found out that one of my friends hadn't seen it, so we watched it together. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do. All right, let's fucking go because let's, we have to get into this movie. Um, okay, so I'm gonna try not to cry. Okay, for real? <laughs> no. Okay, I'm not, I'm not. I would have absolutely yelled at you. <laughs> I'm not going to cry, I promise. Okay, great. Good. I got it out when I watched it the other day. Okay, good. So we're so, talking about 500 Days of Summer. The 2009 classic. <sighs> classic, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> shut up. I'm What's sorry. your history with the movie? Okay. <laughs> Here's what I wrote, okay? I have seen it one too many times. 
actually exactly one too many times because I've seen it twice and I wish that I have not seen it. Okay, I take that back. I'm happy to be engaging in this discourse. It's part of the cultural zeitgeist. It's you part need of to the zeitgeist. It. I know that it's like part of the stuff. It's in the mainstream. It's like really important, I think, to deconstruct. Mm-hmm. I think we need to have conversations around it. I mean, it's not like that urgent. Like, it's not like. No, it's not. But, you know, in the world of like understanding shitty film tropes, especially like talking about women in film, I think it's a really mm-hmm. important one to dissect because it's so. I think people love it and hate it a lot. Yes. And I think a lot of people hold that love and that hate at the same time. Like, I know you do. Yes, very much. I hate it because I have no relationship to it. Yes. The first time I watched it, I knew it was a thing because Zoe Deschanel, when she was, like, in her prime, like, in 2010 Mm -hmm. or whenever that was happening, everyone knew who she was and it was like... Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, a whole... She was, like, the face of, like, the budding hipsters, you know? Yeah. So I knew what it was. I just never watched it. The first time I watched it was freshman year of college. And the second time I watched it was last night. And I hate it. That's where I'm going to stop for now. Put a pin in that. And what's your relationship to this movie? So I think I saw it for the first time in probably 2009 or 2010, as with most of the movies I watched in this period of my life of Mm -hmm. middle school high school I got it out of a five dollar bin at Walmart and I watched on the same DVD this week which is crazy me too I know (laughs) wow cute (laughs) and I was obsessed with this movie I've seen it at least 30 times I know every single line of this movie like was so into it Mm -hmm. and I get so emotional about it because just because of the time that I watched it and that was what I thought love was. Yeah. And I also really liked... It was, like, the first movie that I watched that I thought that was, sucks. like... That sucks. That's what you thought love I was. <laughs> it's, like, the first movie I watched that I thought was, like, cool. Mm-hmm. That I liked it. Yeah. And it was, like, it inspired, like, my style. And I started listening to Belle and Sebastian. Oh, my God. And <laughs> I still like Belle and you Sebastian. You are, like, a byproduct of this movie. Exactly. Because yeah. it was so... I saw it at such, like, an influential time. Yeah. There were other movies. It wasn't just this one. But this was, like, one of them. I think... For me. Juno was like that for oh. me. This is around the same time yeah. and it influenced like how I talked and how I dressed or how I like thought I wanted to dress. But yeah, was, like, how you brave thought about enough yourself. To. Yeah. yeah. I dyed my hair darker than it normally is, like mm-hmm. darker brown and yeah. had bangs because I was like going for the look. You, yeah. Like I really was, but I had to wear glasses so it didn't like, oh, yeah. she doesn't wear glasses in 500 days, but she does in New Girl. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But I was so obsessed to it and I still like to this day. I listen to the score when I write Mm -hmm. because it's now become like background noise. Yeah. Yeah. And I wrote an essay about it my freshman year of college arguing that it could be read as a feminist text, which is so funny. That is funny. I can't find the essay. (laughs) Oh, no. Like I don't have it on. I did. My computer crashed at the end of freshman year. So I don't have that computer. Might be a good thing. Which is probably good (laughs) because it's probably very bad. Yeah. But I'd also be, I feel like it'd also be interesting to kind of like revisit. Yeah. And like write back to myself. Yeah. But I need to find it first. I literally don't know where it is. Yeah, to like kind of track how your critique of things progresses throughout your life. Yeah. Like how you change and then your relationship to media changes a lot. Yeah. Because I... I wrote the paper before I took my first women's studies class. <laughs> yeah. Like, I literally, like, yeah. I don't even know what I cited as my, like, feminist yeah. like, theory. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea. But anyways, I argued that it could be read in a feminist way if you viewed Tom as, like, the hot shit that he is. <gasps> and Summer as just, like, a woman that he romanticizes. I argued that, like, since they didn't end up together, it was, right. like... Right. It's just, you so know, could be there's more nuance there. I was like, there's nuance. Yeah. So, so um, unsurprisingly, everyone behind the camera was a man. Wow, I'm shocked. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm not this even, movie? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not reading oh. their names. I don't give a fuck. Okay, cool. It was directed by a man, written by two men. 
one of the men, it was based on his real relationship that he had with a woman, and he said that 75% of what happened in the movie happened to him. I don't even care. I don't give a fuck. I don't want his point of view. I want her point of yeah, view. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I want to meet her. And so the tagline of this movie is, it was almost like falling in love. Okay, to be honest, this movie, or sort of like the trajectory of it, really reminds me of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless mm-hmm. Mind, in that like... These people that fall in love so hard, so fast, mm-hmm. but they're, like, doomed. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is almost that movie without the sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and it's, it's also... It's worse. Yes. I actually enjoy watching Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. But, like, wow. Well, and also, like, I think time-wise, it's really interesting. Yeah, That's and one of the things both, I like about mm-hmm, it. Is and the, they're both is, like, non-linear. The mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll give the spoiler warning now before I do any plot summary. So, spoilers. <laughs> you should have seen this movie already, like... Or, like, honestly? Honestly, don't. don't. Just listen to us. It's yeah, fine. thank you. <laughs> Sometimes we tell you to stop what you're doing and go watch it. Don't watch yeah, it. Yeah, you don't need to. Unless you're, like, dying to and are in the mood to be irritated. Yeah, or if you're, like, a film hoe, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give that little plot summary. Get in there. So, basically, Tom is sad and he works at a job that makes him sad. And Summer gets a job there. As an assistant? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he immediately is, like... Oh my god, she's so hot. He doesn't say that, but we know. And he's just like pursuing her, even though she seems to be not interested. And then they end up kind of having a little fling that they don't really label. Tom thinks it's a relationship, even though they haven't called it a relationship or talked about it. And Summer up front tells him she doesn't want a relationship. Mm-hmm. And they end up breaking up or like just ending any relationship between them. And that's, like, the main arc of the movie. And this is not told in that order. Right. It starts with the breakup. Yeah. Well, it, start, it starts with the aftermath of the breakup. And it's told kind of in the way that Tom remembers it. So it's told in only the highs and the lows. It's out of order. Mm-hmm. And it's colored by his point of view. And it's very, like, subjective. Which I think is interesting because it is how people remember relationships. Right. And it's, like, you don't remember, like, we went out this time, then this time, then this time. You remember, mm-hmm. like, oh, this part was really this great. This moment, yeah. Exactly. So it kind of, I think that's kind of cool, but. It just sucks that it's only him. Oh, yeah. It is so, it's so male gaze. Like, everything. Capital M, capital G. So Disgusting. bad. Yeah. And just to, like, do a quick rundown of the characters. So Summer is played by Zoe Deschanel, Tom played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And then, aside from the two of them, there aren't really any, like, big characters but the other people that we know names of are mm-hmm. Tom's sister, Rachel, played by Chloe Grace Moretz. A young Chloe Grace Moretz. She's so cute. I'm so, I love her in this. No, she's great in this movie. We also, I love her. She was in Suspiria and Miseducation of Cameron Post yeah. this past year. She's, so she's the only likable character in this movie to me. She's amazing. And she yeah. says like 10 lines. <laughs> but they're like the only things that are like based in logic. Mm-hmm. But I'm also kind of annoyed because I don't yeah. like the whole like, young kid old soul like she's the only one that can see what's Mm -hmm. really going on with tom i don't like that yeah well none of these characters are real yeah so it doesn't whatsoever whatever so it makes sense (laughs) yeah and then we meet tom's two shitty friends disgusting Um, they're named mackenzie and paul they're both white men they're all they're the worst they're played by Jeffrey Arend and Matthew Gray Goobler. Okay. So let's get in there. <laughs> so the first thing we need to talk about is, oh, God, I hate. It's so overused. It's so annoying to talk about, but we're going to do it. <laughs> Manic Pixie Dream Girls. MPDG. Okay, MPDG. So I have so many feelings about this trope. Something I want to preface like this sort of conversation with, though, is that, and um, I hate when people do this, but I'm about to do it. I wrote a paper. <laughs> I wrote a paper 
like very recently about the whiteness of this trope and also like that can mean nothing to you you don't have to think that I'm credible whatsoever I'm just saying that I wrote about it because I get very I'm so I think the conversation around this character this cinematic figure if you will is very overdone and kind of hollow at this point and I don't think it's productive anymore Mm -hmm. and I think now it's being used as a way to measure every single woman character ever in any movie that's like complex or like new or whatever in any way completely not applicable yeah and it's a very particular trope now it just seems like there's this like database of characters that are like quite literally like people blog about this and like there there are like lists and lists of characters that are manic pixies and whatever and it's just like so prominent now that we're kind of losing why are we even talking about this Mm -hmm. who even a man coined the term we should just note and that's like a whole other conversation to have but why are we like constantly being like is she a manic pixie or is she not or is she this or blah 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 and it's like do we want her to be first of all yeah and who cares can we evaluate women on any other scale yeah aside from this one popularized term so i just want to quote to give a little idea or of like the origins of this trope nathan rabin is the film critic who coined this term in 2007 uh specifically in relationship to kirsten dunce's character claire colburn in the film elizabeth town so he calls a manic pixie dream girl that shallow cinematic creature that exists solely in the fevered imaginations of sensitive writer directors to teach broodingly soulful young men to embrace life and its infinite mysteries and adventures that's sexist it's all bullshit yeah it's it's like she does not exist in full like she is not a real person and the only way she can be real is by association or being attached to men yes in relationships in romantic sexual heterosexual relationships with men and that is where she might become a person but her job is to make sure that the men feel like they're fulfilled and that they can like see the point in life and you know self-actualize via this person it's garbage essentially yeah it's (laughs) awful it's bad and it's very much like this girl who's not like the other girls which is literally like a directly addressed in this movie Mm -hmm. like I think it's the narrator that says it Mm -hmm. but he says like Summer was just another girl except she wasn't but the thing that's important is that I think about Summer specifically Mm -hmm. I think a lot of other like if you take Clementine in Eternal Sunshine Mm -hmm. she doesn't look conventional so that's part of it and I think the like quirkiness is often like a word that's quick to be used describing Mm -hmm. these characters but Summer is very like normative Mm -hmm. and very like hipster looking she like wears like fucking vintage ish stuff yeah it's very much a and style like, thing. And the way her apartment's decorated. Yeah. And she, so she's very stereotypically feminine and mm-hmm. like very like dainty and cute. But everything that comes out of her mouth and everything she stands for and does is not that. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're supposed to be like, <gasps> she's interesting. Oh my God. Who is this mystery of a girl? Yeah. And this isn't to say that like girls like that are bad. The mm-hmm. problem is that they're not allowed to like be real characters with agency. Like, right. We don't know anything about her really. Nothing. And it's only about her role as like potentially his girlfriend or not. Yes, that's all he cares about. Mm -hmm. He doesn't give a shit about her. Or like whatever it is that she's going to provide for him Mm -hmm. is all that matters. Yes. And it's all that's supposed to matter to the audience as well. 
So I think the whole idea of like her serving this function in his life is like so, there's so much evidence for it in this movie specifically. Like if you really want to understand the Manic Pixie dream girl on like a very kind of like straightforward, like this is the trope, this is the character, this is kind of what happens with the story. It's a little different in this movie, I think, because it's non-linear and like you said, whatever. But like she has no, we don't know what she likes. Like she likes quirky shit and music, but whatever. But But that's not her personality. Right. Like what you like is not your personality. Yeah. And you're more, like she's more than that. But and we don't know. We don't get to know that because it was written by men and who didn't about, care, mm-hmm. who didn't care, and who are like doing some like masturbatory writing about yeah. their own experiences without, with obviously without talking to the woman who this movie was about. Exactly. And that could have been interesting. Yeah. No, it could have. If they wrote I it together, so mm-hmm. that would have been cool. Yeah. But no. Yeah. But I think what what pissed me off, and like I kind of hate summer. And I think that's, like, something to dissect. Yeah, the movie like, wants you to hate Why her. do we hate... Like, we kind of always end up having to hate the Manic Pixies a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because they're all born out of misogyny. But she... Okay, so she literally is, like... He's, like, why'd you move here? And she was, like, oh, I just wanted something new and exciting. I was bored. Like, she just has no... She's, like, I just showed up in this new place because I want to have fun. Yeah. And sing karaoke and da-da-da and, like, put ribbons in my hair. <laughs> And, oh my god, and she says shit like, I don't feel comfortable being anyone's anything, you know? And there's no such thing as love. It's a fantasy. Like, oh my fucking god, no one actually thinks that. Yeah, and then then the guys make it even worse, because the guys she says that to say, what, are you a lesbian? Oh, so you're a dude. Right, yeah. And it's like, just because she doesn't want to fuck you, Tom, doesn't mean... yeah anything about her sexuality i just also hate that when women characters are written as these people that don't want to be pinned down or they're in any way pushing back up against normative gender roles that that's their whole story you know like her entire personality is that she's not doing what she's presenting as or what people want her to be but that's it so she's a negation like she's not real yes and it pisses me off so badly but, like, that's what I think is supposed to happen. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to happen... Yeah, like, the filmmakers... The me-hating her thing. Exactly. Because, yeah. clearly, I think it's pretty obvious that the person who wrote this, like, hated this person. Hated her. And I think when men get their hearts broken, they, like, absolutely, like, do not know what to do with themselves. Yeah, because they're not taught how to do emotions. Right. And so, this is what comes from that, is, like, yeah. these shitty representations. And also, this is one of the things that, like, Zoe Deschanel is, like, known for. Yeah. Which is really sad. Right, and it's... Because I genuinely think she can act. Yeah, but... Like, I think she can do good things, but this is... The whole, like, self-removed or, like, quirky thing, like, those are the characters she plays, and it doesn't help that IRL, she's kind of like... (laughs) Like, it's like, she's allowed to be feminine and quirky. Yeah. The problem is, like, in real life, she's also a person. Right. Yeah, and, I mean, kind of just to reiterate the whole thing that you were talking about earlier with how, like, people... Like, the things people like is not their personality. Mm -hmm. When Tom's talking to... his little sister Rachel because you know bouncing advice about your adult relationship you know always talk to your 13 year old sister um (laughs) so but she's the only one that says anything real and good Mm -hmm. she says just because some cute girl likes the same bizarro crap you do that doesn't make her your soulmate Mm -hmm. and he clearly doesn't care and I'm like okay you had the energy to write that line but you weren't gonna like put it into action no the only like putting it into action we see is that he just doesn't get to end up with her right I also hated how like I keep saying she's not real and I think part of the construction of this character is so much that she's just supposed to be a mystery Mm -hmm. 
And the only way we're, we come close to knowing what she's about or would like or would want in her life is whether or not she wants Tom. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like nothing else matters. Yeah. And everything she even likes is either he hates it or he loves it. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is a reason I need to be with her. When he's like, oh my God, we were in the elevator. And she said, I love the Smiths. And then we have those contrasting sequences of her in, in the bed. Mm-hmm. And she she's like, I love her knees. I love the way she sounds oh, when she laughs. Yes. And then she and then he's like, I hate it. I hate this. I hate her, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's gross. Which is just gross. And it's like the minute she stops serving him. It's like you're. he's just being a sexist piece of He was like, shit. oh, now you're garbage and I hate you. Yeah. And it's so fucked up. It's so bad. And he's like a little bitch baby and I hate him oh, so much. Oh, he's an much. awful person. I'm like Tom is so, the villain. He's like absolute trash. Oh, he's so bad. I also don't think they yeah. go together. No. For what we know about these like shitty underwritten characters. Yeah. They do not go together no. as a couple What whatsoever. we can tell is like sure they like the same music. But they don't get along and they don't want the same thing. I also don't think he deserves anything because he's just disrespectful and terrible. He needs to grow up. Yeah. And clearly we can tell the author didn't grow up. Well, the person who wrote this. Yeah. Um, There's literally at the beginning of the movie, there's like an author's note. Oh, God. And it says the following is a work of fiction. Any resemblance to persons living or dead is purely coincidental, especially you, Jenny Beckman, bitch. That's the girl that it's based on. That's and, like, her real that's name. That's the first thing you see in this movie. And then immediately after that, we get to hear this is a story of boy meets girl, but you should know up front, this is not a love story. This sounds like this was like whoever wrote this, it was like their revenge movie or it something. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, and then this is just a little yikes from the narration. They also say there are oh, only two kinds God. of people in the world there are women and there are men. That was disgusting. <laughs> Wasn't that when awful? When that was said, I was like, here we go. Yep. I was bad. like, I can't do this. And it's so, and I understand that they're trying to take a really, really classical love story and like a very conventional narrative and sort of mode of storytelling and fuck it up a little yeah. bit. But it's not, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work because... And it sucks. The person who wrote it is clearly still mad and is also sexist. He's Tom. Like Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. Like, the first time I watched this, I loved Tom and hated Summer. Mm. But as I've come to watch it, like, rewatch yeah. it, like, revisiting it for my own nostalgia reasons, mm-hmm. I hate Tom. And I'm like, Summer has every right for every decision she made. I agree. Like, that's how... Like, now when I watch it, and I also have to kind of, like, take off my feminist glasses yeah. and be like, you're watching this for pure nostalgia. Don't kill yourself analyzing it Mm -hmm. because it is not good i just hated that he well and it's he but it's like a microcosm it's like he but it's like every man sort of thing like it's i love every man the original play they have have women or like who or like people who are socialized as girls and women they're told who they are right like you're just you're assigned to various like you're this type of girl you're this or you're you're the cheerleader or you know like we have to you just have to like fit into one and like that's what it is you know and it's because of patriarchy and racism and all the shit so he did that it was like the fact that when they thought she was mean and a skank or whatever in the beginning, it's like, you haven't even talked to this person. And I hated mm-hmm. how he thought that, like, he had her figured out. And then when he was losing control of, like, the fact that he didn't know who she was or he couldn't grasp what it is that she was or he was just upset because she wasn't doing what he wanted mm-hmm. her to, I was like, you just need to, like, get over yourself. And it's, like, that is, like, some male entitlement bullshit of, like, oh, you're not who I think you are or or you're not going to be what I want you to be and be in love with me. Mm -hmm. Oh, then I hate you. 
Like that is misogyny. <laughs> it is so like sad. he fully hates women, and he would be like one of those people that the only reason or impetus to respect women would be because of romantic or sexual interest, yes. or if it's your mom. Oh, and he expects to be rewarded as soon as he like does something that he thinks is good for her. Like when they're at the bar and some random guy comes up and tries to hit on Summer. The situation's not escalating. Like it's going to be And fine. she could have handled it herself. She was handling it. And she did. And then he was like still a dick, but he was walking away. And then it's like you had to punch him. You did, did you? Yeah. And then, of course, he when they're walking back into the apartment, Summer's like, like that was really not cool. Mm-hmm. Like what you did back there. And he was like, well, I was just defending you. Like, But she was fine. But she didn't need that. And that's also the scene. And she didn't ask for that. Yeah. And then I do think it was weird that, you know, like I think it could be read that she was stringing him along and then to kind of say like, oh, we're just friends is a little weird. Yeah. So that I understood. But I think his outrage and his fury around that was just ridiculous because it was a possessive thing. And it was like, oh, I don't own you. You're not mine. Mm -hmm. I'm mad. Not like, oh, we're not in a partnership and I thought we were. Let's talk about it. Like, let's let's, like figure out what our relationship is and like, let me respect your boundaries. And he literally screams at her. I say we're a couple. Like who, like, and he just demanded that they were together. And that's absolute that's so bullshit. Unhealthy. That's like abusive bullshit. That is manipulative and abusive. And that's and just terrible. like he wants to own her fully. Yeah. And like rein her in and make her not crazy and make her want to commit. And he thinks that he can change her. And do what it is that she looks like she should be doing but isn't. Yeah. He's fully just God, thinks she's it made, hot. it makes me so mad. Yeah. And it also, it makes me so mad that all of this stemmed from, like, a work relationship. Yeah. Like, what? Because, like, whatever. I guess if you meet your soulmate at work. But he <laughs> literally, like, harasses her at work. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a point when she, like, comes up to him and is like, oh, I'm going to the supply room. Do you need anything? And he's like, I think you know what I need. <laughs> which, first of all, and stupid. Then, what does that mean? And then he's like, I mean toner. Yeah. I, which is funny, honestly. But he's harassing her. Yeah. And it's like, let her live. Like, leave her alone. Like, you call her a skank before you even open your mouth to speak to her. Yeah. Well, and he also said, like, why is it that pretty girls think that they can treat people like crap and get away with it? Mm-hmm. And they hadn't spoken yet. And it's just assuming that because you're pretty, you're a bitch. And that because she doesn't, she hasn't already like talked to you and asked you out that she's a bitch. Like you don't know yeah. if she's even straight, single, into you, any of that, mm-hmm. or if that she wants this in her workplace. Exactly. It's ridiculous. And then it's so bad. Tom supposedly the narrator tells us that Tom has like learned after this experience. But then he's at a job interview and asks out the other girl that's in it, the person that I mean the woman. I'm sorry for like yeah. infantilizing. Yeah. The woman who is applying for the same job. He's like a he's just a baby. Like he can't be alone. I no. don't think he knows who he is without a person. He's literally like, I see a hot woman, she needs to love me. And it's also it just bugs me that his second relationship that we don't see but that we're supposed to believe is like the end of the movies that he's getting with this other woman named Autumn, which is Fucking, oh my god, Fucking. I actually was like, when it's I watched so it, I was like, it's, I was like, I hope is, this is over in two seconds because I need to is. go. I could not. But also, I'm just like, Tom, here's a challenge for Tom. Date someone who's not part of your workplace. Yeah, um, or like, I don't know, be single for two seconds. Oh, he was single. Remember when he drew on his chalkboard? He like really poorly drew some buildings. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he like bounced a tennis ball to, um, could it be another change by the samples? Oh and- my god, Jenny. <laughs> i've seen it like i know every word the soundtrack is good honestly Mm -hmm. i agree like it is a fun soundtrack Um, but we were talking about how the music 
makes me like makes us mad at the same time. It's manipulative. Yeah, because from the first second you know that this is just gonna be some like weird floaty girl that doesn't exist and it's like the whistling and the whatever. Oh, yes. And it's really dramatic for something that's not dramatic at yeah. all. The score is very Ugh. Yeah, I would suggest You feel that. like she's like in the clouds. Yeah, like listen to the know? score. It's good. And it in isolation I think when you don't watch it with the movie, it's great. I think when you put it in conversation with the images and what they're using the music to do for Summer as a character, mm-hmm. it's really frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I Even, like, not in relation to Tom, like, the women in this movie are just, like, not characters. They're plot devices. Mm-hmm. And there are only two women that are, like, real characters in this movie. There's Rachel, Tom's little sister, and Summer. Who's barely in it. She's only in it to give, like, little pieces of advice and that Tom doesn't follow. Yeah, she's, like, the little tomboy, like, whatever mm-hmm. girl. And then, obviously, we already talked about Summer. And then the only other, like, named woman is Autumn at the very end. Mm-hmm. And then we have, there's the name of the whoever's wedding they go to. Yeah. But that's, we don't even meet the character, so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. But it does not pass the Bechdel test. There's literally never two women on screen speaking to each other. Oh it's so God. clearly written by men, it, like, hurts me. Yeah. Truly, the sequence where they introduce her in that, like, little 50s-looking camera yeah. way is painful. It is so bad. And they literally, it makes me, like, want to throw up that... Yeah. They, like, give her body stats first. <gasps> and they say her weight. They literally, like, she's 5'5", five, five, 121 pounds, size 8 feet. On all accounts, she was average. And I'm like, that is unhealthy. First of all, that's not average. I was 121 pounds. I don't even know when. I I don't even know. <laughs> I literally, I, I was like, first of all, that is thin. Also, that's not average. That's, like, no, very, like, that's, I don't know. I'm not even going to say no. I, I literally, is. but it's just so unhealthy for people, like young people. Because I remember yeah. the first time I watched this, I was about that height. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not average. Yeah. I must, there's something wrong with me. Right. And it's like, and so to, it's just unhealthy. To be dissected in that way is really gross. And the fact gross. that the first thing about her is her body. Mm-hmm. Like it has nothing to do with like, she likes this, she likes this. And the only like personality thing we get to hear is like the only thing she loved more than her long brown hair was the fact that she could cut it off and feel nothing. Right, like, oh my god. Which is I used that to, irritated me so much. I used to love that line. <laughs> but it's like she but does not have like what are you, she doesn't have feelings. We don't know anything about her. Yeah. And she's just this weirdo. But she's not even that weird also. Like she's no, just, she is she's just a human. I would hate hate her i think in real life i don't know if i would hate her because we don't fucking know her (laughs) i think i just hate this construction yeah Yeah. i hate not knowing anything like actually knowing anything about her personality or what she's like and i hate when people fucking give girls in shows or movies they're like she likes this thing that's her personality (laughs) or like they just give her weird stuff Mm. to like as if that's not like you know nails and shopping and yeah. shoes and she it's listens like to one if you band. don't yeah if you she's not really falling underneath like I am obsessed with hyper feminine things even though she looks like it so that is like cognitive dissonance it's like oh my god you like bands and like you don't want to be someone's girlfriend but you look like you're from yeah. 1955 like what am I gonna do with that information oh I also cannot believe the fucking dance number. Oh my god. It (laughs) ruined me. It ruined me. So let's explain for the people. So in case you haven't watched it recently, after Tom and Summer fuck, after Tom has been being an asshole and pursuing her for a while, he walks out of his house the next day. He's on top of the world. He's never been happier. In his life, his smile Um, is 
beaming. He literally, there's a flash mob there's to a, a Hall and Oates song. You make my in dreams come true. And oh my God. everyone's wearing blue because that's summer's color. And the reason the color scheme of the movie is blue is because Zoe Deschanel's eyes are blue. Fun fact. God which kind of makes me hate it more. It. I know. And then there's like this animated bird. The fucking which is bird. Like that was cute. That was no. Um. I can't. I can't do it with the bird. I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. And you know what? Yeah. Enchanted. Way better. That which one came out first? Uh, Enchanted was I think maybe 2007. <gasps> you did it. I right. You were right. Oh my god, I knew that. That's crazy. So That's it, embarrassing. <laughs> no, but it's clearly like inspired by the Enchanted scene. Like it's yeah. the same scene, but just in Los Angeles and not in New York. Right. God, but it's disgusting. And it's like, you should not be on top of the world just because you fucked somebody. Okay, that's not true. No, that's I'm not gonna true. I'm going to reframe that. <laughs> nope. Because you can be, and that is that is a resulting that feeling of having sex with people sometimes. That's great. Get yours. <laughs> However, <laughs> he felt validated and in love, and like the world was alive. Like, having sex with her made him come alive, mm-hmm. and nothing else about her made him feel like that. It was yeah, like it wasn't you know? because he had an emotional attachment. Exactly, it, it was, was just literally the like she's hot. I've been pursuing her. I fucking conquered her. Yes, like yeah, it, it felt gross. Yeah, it felt like look what I did. Yay, let me sing about there, it. Like <laughs> there are ways for that scene to have not been gross, and they just it was didn't. just the fact that it happened after they fucked. Yeah, which is it's not good. And the fact that he's so sad and miserable and annoying and whiny the rest of the movie, and this one time that he's just beaming is like the fact that they've had sex and for nothing else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. yeah. And he just as we've already said, he just we just know that he hates women. Oh, it's palpable. It's, it's so really obvious. Bad. It's so strong. And I think the scene that watching it this time made me the most mad that I kind of forgot about is a sequence at the end when we're they're doing kind of their side-by-side thing, which they do a few times. Mm-hmm. And on the left, we see Tom rediscovering his love for architecture and, like, changing oh, careers yeah. and stuff. And we see Summer get married. And after the whole movie saying, I never want to be anyone's anything. I never want to be anyone's girlfriend. And it's like, what? Well, it's like, yes, people... So it doesn't make sense. And it's also like, that's where she ends up, really. I was like, so she doesn't have a career? So, like, and it's, it was just putting it against each other and kind of, like, equalizing, like... Yeah. His success is like, him. Girls get married and boys, and boys get, work, and boys get a good job. Like uh-huh. that's that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it was like some heteronormative, like like truly, actually, like it encapsulated a binary because it was right next to each they other, and it was like split it. this is what happens, and then this is what happens, and that is the way of the world, and then everyone moves on, and da 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 da, and it's like I'm like you never see things so purely heteronormative like it's there it's everywhere it's all the time but that was just so like one and two Mm -hmm. split in the fucking middle like Mm -mm. damn i just can't i can't with this it's so bad it feels like this movie is from way before this but it's not it's not not it's only 10 years not to do the whole myth of like as we get you know, further in time, we get more progressive or whatever because that's not true. But it feels so old and ugly. Yeah, it's, and like, it's tired. It's 50. It's just, and it does not hold up. Like, no. I think it worked for white people in 2009. Yeah. And if it's working for you now and you're obsessed with it and have no critique, get off Twitter. I don't want to yeah. hear anything you're saying. Um. So something else that I noticed, and I'm pretty sure is like 100% true, we don't see summer put food in her mouth the entire movie nope she doesn't eat 
And now I'm thinking about that for other movies. I'm like paying attention to do you see women eat? Yeah, women don't get to eat. I don't think women eat in movies a lot. And no. if they do, it's like it's dainty. It's a salad. Yeah, or or like, you know, it's a problem or yeah. something. I don't know. Or they're cooking, right? Like they're in the Yeah. I don't know. It makes me it makes me think just like comparing like American films to like other films. Yeah. Like, well, just French films. I'm literally thinking of like Raw and Blue is the Warmest Color. Yeah. Because I remember when I first saw both of those movies, I was like taken aback how like women looked pleasurable when they were eating. Yeah. And I was like, oh, right. Like people eat things and like enjoy or, it. Or like, like Water for Chocolate is another one where yeah. food is like so there, but and it's like actually significant. Yeah. Like it has a lot to do with the plot. But yeah. comparing that to like American movies where it's like, yeah, women don't eat. They don't eat. And like, it's normal. And, and the fact that you, It'd just, be weird if you she don't did. see her put food in her mouth, it's like the whole movie, she like has a life and a personhood halfway, obviously. But like, yeah. you, and you don't see her eat. It's, it's, it's so weird. Unhealthy. And it's like, it's You see not, her drink. Because she gets drunk and does karaoke. Mm-hmm. They have pancakes, like they get pancakes served to them. And she's like, mm, this is really good. But you, I think she's fake chewing. Yeah, I don't there's think no you, food in her mouth. I don't think you see her put food in her mouth. No. Which like, think about the fact that you don't see her put food food in her body that's so gross like that is just so and it has to be something you would notice for it to be like yeah. damn no i think but like right. that was not a part of her livelihood like she did she not eat she didn't eat that's so what? unhealthy for people to see i'm so and, against that and I just men want... get to be like disgusting oh, eating disgusting shit i'm thinking of like you know in pulp fiction where they're at diners all the time i don't even want to think about fucking it fucking samuel L. jackson and john travolta are shoving bacon in their fucking mouths that whole movie oh uma thurman eats in pulp fiction oh now, she does yeah which is i like that scene that's mm-hmm. the only scene i like from that movie because that movie is trash but yeah, anyway i don't know so now i'm just kind of gonna sit with like women eating in movies yeah yeah that's like yeah, something i don't know i think it is something Anyway, and another fact that everyone should know, that everyone probably already knows, but this movie just solidified for me, men are emotionally unregulated, they're bitch babies. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... just wanted to get that up to piggyback on that. <laughs> I just think it's interesting that... Just to, like, call back to what Charlotte said. <laughs> Going um, off of what Jenny said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I hate this. Um... So there's this fan theory that I actually, like, agree with. So there's two scenes on the bench in this movie, right? First bench scene's very, like, romantic. They're looking at the Los Angeles skyline, whatever. Yeah. Second scene where they kind of run into each other after they've broken up and Tom finds out that Summer's engaged. People think this scene is fake because she totally just, like, agrees with him and is like, yeah, it's like, I'm sure of love now because I'm not with you and I'm sure of this person. Yeah, it's like, maybe it's, like, the closure he wanted or something. That's what I view yeah. it as. Yeah, it's it's him being validated by her yeah. and being validated in their relationship that he, like, he's being validated of, like, oh, like... And it's, it's like, he, did he really need to know that, like, she committed fully to some other man to be able to understand that they weren't supposed to be together? Yeah. It, like, that, it's like not it how wrapped, that works. He, like, she got wrapped up, not with him, which is fine, and he'll get over it, but at least in his head, mm-hmm. she got locked down by someone. But I would be down with that theory of the fact that that's not real at the end. I don't know how much it does for the movie, if that's, like, taken as 100% true or 100% not, but... Because either way, the scene is still there. Yeah. I don't really care to talk about the marriage thing that much because it's just irritating. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't think it makes sense at all. No, I think timeline-wise it doesn't make sense. And But maybe that was a point is to me, like, oh, we're just so... We never know what she's going to do. 
You know, like, we don't get who this person is. So part of it's, like, annoying, but it's also, like, maybe... The other thing I think of it, sometimes women say things to get men to stop pursuing them. Yeah. And Summer was doing that to Tom. Right, and also... Like, she might have... It doesn't mean that she never wanted marriage. Yeah. She might have just not wanted that with Tom, so she didn't want to put that idea in his head. Right, and it's, like, it's totally valid to say you don't want to be someone's girlfriend in your 20-somethings. Like, that's... That is fine. That's fine, fine. and, and then it can maybe, change. Exactly, like, she met someone and it changed. Right. And the other thing is, like, what's 500 days, that's, like, just over a year and a half. hmm So, like, it's supposed to have happened within that time. And I read something yesterday when I was, like, researching that it's supposed to, if you if you count the days, it's about six months between when they break up and when they have their closure scene. Okay. Mm, so, this is supposed to, within six months, she's supposed to have met someone. No way. Gotten married, which... I, not to say that no one does that, but it's, like, rare and not yeah. believable from what we know of this character, which yeah. is very little. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. This movie is white as hell. Yes. Every like, f- four white people. There's white people in it. Like, Every speaking <laughs> character is white. Yeah. People of color don't speak in this movie. And they're used as a joke in Ikea. Yeah. Which is really bad. Yes. Because they're, like, running around in Ikea being annoying, honestly. And they, like, lay in this bed and are, like, about to make out. And then Tom's, like... There's a Chinese family in our kitchen or something. Yeah. And then they just, like, look at them and then they walk away. It's almost like the shortness of it made it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the shortness of it made it, like, we're literally only making them Chinese to make it funny. Which is not funny. It's just completely... I don't, it, was, it was just uncomfortable. Not a good joke. Yeah. And then... There are some, like, random people of color, like, here and there, like, extras, literally, like, in the dance scene and mm-hmm. at the wedding and mm-hmm. stuff, but they don't speak. They're not characters. Yeah. They're not I just think this story. is also some white bullshit, because you have to think about how much room these fake characters have to be shitty. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just thinking about, like, the white male privilege in this movie, about, like, they just get to be unhinged at the slightest inconvenience. Or, like, they're not being serviced, and they get to freak out, and their life gets to be over, but it's not over, you know? Because, like, they're going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I would be interested to hear if there is any sort of fan base of people of color for this movie. I'm sure there are some. Sure. Because, like, you know this movie was, like, we were the target audience mm-hmm. when it came out. Yeah. Fully. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, teenage people raised... Teenage white people raised as girls. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then have one note on gayness in this movie. <laughs> well, two, I'll make it two. Okay. One of them is that I have a queer relationship with this movie hmm. because I was in love with Zoe Deschanel. Okay. And didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And I, like, got bangs, and I was like, I just want to be like yeah, her. Yeah, that identification. So I had, like, an identification that I didn't understand at the time. Mm-hmm. Now looking back, I'm like, oh, you're just gay. And you yeah. just loved her and thought she was beautiful. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, I just want to be like her because she's quirky and cool, and the guys <laughs> like her. Mm-hmm. And so that was that's my little queer identification with it. And the only time, like, any sort of queerness is addressed in the movie. So there's... It's terrible. It's terrible. It's twice they call Summer a lesbian when she talks about not wanting a boyfriend. Yeah. And then when Tom is talking about how much he likes Summer to his friends at brunch, they say, oh, you sound gay for having emotions. Oh. Which is just some toxic masculinity. And it's... Yeah. He was just really wrapped around disgusting men. Yeah. And he is gross. But it was just reinforced, and no one was checking him, Mm -hmm. and, like, he was just a sad boy. 
Yeah. I hated when he got mad. It was so unwarranted. And it was like, you don't deserve to be mad about this. And also, things don't go your way. Move on. Mm-hmm. Not every pretty girl is just going to immediately love you because you want them to. Like, that's not... And, like, whoa. Like, that is... what a fucking concept. What a concept that you should, like, talk to someone to find out who they are. Or, like, respect women. Oh, my God. What a concept. That's, like, Truly, too much to ask of yeah, men, honestly. I really so. think so, too. <laughs> Fuck, Mary kill is interesting. <laughs> Summer, Tom, and Paul. Which is Matthew Gray Coopler. <laughs> because... There are only Tom and Summer are really the only like big characters. Okay, I'm killing Tom immediately. Yes, Tom's I'm killing dead. I'm killing Tom ten times in a row. I'm gonna fuck Summer and marry Paul. I'm gonna fuck Paul and marry Summer. Okay. I am still in love with Zoe Deschanel, and I feel like her character could be a cool person. We just don't know. True. So we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. So time for best worst. Go ahead. Um. <laughs> The best thing is that I'm never going to watch this movie again. (laughs) The worst? I, like, didn't pick a worst. Is it just everything? No. I think the worst would be how kind of harmful this movie can be. Yeah. Without... And I think this movie has gone unchecked for a long time. And it kind of just became, like, the rom-com for a little bit. And because the discourse around Manic Pixie Dreamgirls is so, like, frustrating and and not, like, where I think it needs to be. Not in an accessibility way. Like, not not because it's not scholarly enough or smart enough. It's kind of been taken up in a way that's it's been so popularized that we can't have meaningful conversations around it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think people take it to mean way different things than what it actually can be used to describe people as. So it just frustrates me. And it's like there are other stories and people and characters and women that like need to be in movies that mm-hmm. aren't or need to be discussed that aren't being. And But like this is, we just keep coming back to this, you know? And it's like Zoe Deschanel. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's just, I think it just kind of gets me. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. So for me, I have a lot of best things because like I said, I have like such a strong like nostalgic attachment to this movie. Yeah. For me, the best, best thing is the music. The score. It's good music. And the soundtrack. Really good. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. I also like some of like the filming choices. I think the expectations versus reality scene is a really cool concept. It's sexist. Like the way the, the way, way it's it, done it in this movie is bad. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the idea of like having the expectations versus reality side by side is kind of cool. Yeah. I also like the nonlinear timeline uh-huh. for talking about relationships. I think it's accurate and interesting. Yeah. This is not excusing any of the sexism. Yeah. And I also thought the French film scene was kind of cool. Like I said, it is like wallowing in Tom's self-pity and mm-hmm. it is sex. It's rooted in sexism mm-hmm. from like a pure like cinematic standpoint yeah i think it's kind of cool that like we see him go to the movies and then when he watches the movie it's like him in the movie and he's the depressed one and i think that's kind of interesting yeah and it just sucks because these are good sucks. devices yeah because they're cool but i hate them because he sucks exactly yeah. so like all of these things so with all of that like the worst part is like the fact that all of that is like built in with all of the sexism and yeah. this like heterosexism like yeah. it's so heterosexual and so like men fall in love with women and that is the story and women are to be fell in love with <laughs> they are not people and yeah you can just tell that like a man wrote this directed it held the camera all yeah. that shit mm-hmm. so yeah that's 500 days of summer <laughs> God. i'm exhausted <laughs> we've been here for i'd say about 500 days okay all righty <laughs> it feels like it truly yeah 
Chocolate question. <laughs> um, what's your favorite post-it color? Oh, that's a good question. I like a, like, teal. Oh, okay. I like the teal. I think pink or orange for okay. me. Okay. I respect that. We're both very into post-its, I know. Yeah. So. Yeah, like, you can't see, but there are, like, post-its on the wall. Everywhere. That I'm sitting next to. And yeah. same thing in my house. Yeah. So, our next episode, which is coming out in two weeks. <laughs> it's me sobbing the whole time. <laughs> We're talking about Dirty Computer. The Emotion Picture. By Janelle Monet On YouTube for free. Please watch it. Please if you God haven't watch watched it. it it's, it'll be the one-year anniversary when the episode comes out. Yeah. So you, it's like time to... Like, we've had it for a year. It's and time to revisit. We need to honor that. We need to honor... Because it has truly, like, this album... It's done a lot for everyone, everywhere, but, like, personally in my life, I think these songs truly, like, came when I needed they them. They are important to They're me. They're so, so meaningful to me. Yes. And just visually, and the shit that she does in this, like, visual work yeah. is honestly, like, astounding and has not been done it is before. amazing and is not appreciated enough. No! No, it's not. Go watch the it. It's is disrespecting fu- it's like her. Fucking, yeah, it's, like, it's also 45 minutes, like. Yeah, it's 45 minutes. It's free on YouTube. Yeah get in there and you should also subscribe to the podcast and rate us on apple Podcasts. if you give us a review we'll read it please please dear god (laughs) um yeah i think that's everything yay thank you for listening thank you so much you guys have a good day go listen to golden hour (laughs) (laughs) or samitsky just go cry yeah just go cry okay bye. bye this podcast is an earbud media production Transcripts of all episodes are available at gaywatchpod.tumblr.com. Our theme music was done by Eli Krauss. The artwork was done by myself, and you can see more of my artwork at jennyholtz.xyz. You can follow the podcast at gaywatchpod on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Jenny can be found online at queerxoh on Twitter and Instagram, and Charlotte can be found at charlottebird on Instagram or babybird04 on Twitter, and that's bird with the Y. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.